Hey, Cyber Demons. You're listening to That Slayer Show. I'm Kate Schroeder. And I'm Madeline Kane. And welcome back for season one, episode eight iRobot. You, Jane. Whatever that means. Which I think is a reference to Tarzan, like me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Oh. But I'm not sure. <laughs> Ethan Da has reviewed our podcast giving it five out of five stars saying a real joy their conversation really adds a layer of depth to the show and gets you thinking about how the tropes themes and characters translate across time i've enjoyed rewatching and then listening to them break down the episode after good stuff thanks ethan what theme did we watch through today madeline we watched through the theme of trust so that'll <laughs> be good i tried to make sound sexy but i don't know why it's just like a really wholesome theme madeline are you ready for the one minute recap oh yes Three, two, one, recap. Okay, it's a long time ago and we're in Italy and then there's like the uh, church. <laughs> and there's a demon and we see a demon being put back into a book. Yeah, and then the book is in Giles's office and we're in present day and then they're scanning in books into the computer. And there's a cool new teacher and like a new computer science class for all the kids and Willow is helping by scanning and digitalizing all the books, which is really modern. Yeah, and then cool, sexy new teacher, Miss Calendar, is there and she's like making fun of Giles because he's stuffy and likes books. Right, and then Willow is like talking to the sky on the web, and Buffy's really worried because uh, because Willow's super duper into him, but we don't know who he is. <laughs> and then they find out that that um, there's also this guy is talking to other people from the web, like like Dave and Fritz, and he's like telling them to do things like kill Buffy. Right, because Buffy's like trying to figure out who he is, and it turns out that this guy is Moloch, the demon from Italy, and he's like trying to get Willow and take over everything. Yeah, so he um captures Willow, and they go to this place, and then fucking shit. <laughs> And then Miss Calendar and Giles capture him on the line. I'm sorry, I didn't do... How did the time go by? I don't know. We didn't get through, like... I feel like we got through the episode, but I don't know. We have to stay real, Madeline. Okay, we'll stay real for y'all, for y'all listeners, for our following. So, I think what we missed, which was barely anything, was that after Moloch gets captured by... Giles and Miss Calendar, which they do via an online summoning circle. Buffy still has to fight the real life physical Moloch, and obviously she wins. So Moloch is this old demon that these people at this Italian place were worshiping. Moloch the corrupter. And he basically like needs people to love him to thrive or something. And he's like seductively yeah. entrancing or something. I don't know. People really like him even though he's ugly. Right. So basically the people in Italy like captured him into this book. If the book was ever read aloud, then he would be released into the world. But instead of reading the book, she scanned the book into the computer. So that's why he was released onto the net. He's posing as this boy named Malcolm and he makes Willow fall in love with him. So at the end of the episode, he basically takes corporeal form and is just a big conglomeration of a bunch of tech devices. So trust. I trust that you noticed trust in this episode. Why I did, Madeline. So I'm going to go right to what I think is the heart of the matter. And that would be Willow trusting Malcolm, this guy she's never met, who she met online so there's a lot of moving parts here first of all it's the 90s <laughs> and there are still people that don't really know what the internet is in california including giles right in the age of 
Tinder, it's kind of interesting to watch people grapple with online dating for the first time. What's interesting is that some of the things are the same, right? Like trusting people you meet online. People could be lying and stuff, which is absolutely true. It it reminded me of when I was young, when I was in elementary school or something, and we had computer class. And I specifically remember Mrs. Diltz telling us, like, don't meet up with people you meet online. And it's not aged very well because that's how a lot of people meet people these days is through online dating apps and stuff. The root of the fear is really this idea that someone online can basically be you have no idea who it is, you know? They, they can be putting could up. could be a demon. Could be a Moloch the Corruptor, for all you know. Sure. Could have a hairy back. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, he could have a hairy back. <laughs> <laughs> so in line with this, Willow is pretty trusting of this guy she meets online. And I was thinking a couple things about this. One of them is that Willow is much more capable with computers already. I think Buffy's really uncomfortable with it because Buffy doesn't really get what meeting people online means anyway. But Will also said something later in the episode. She said, you know, guys don't chase after me. And I think she was kind of referring to how Buffy really gets a lot of male attention and she doesn't. And I think one of the reasons she's quick to trust Malcolm is because he is giving her that attention. So maybe because it is something she wants. She's more ready to trust him. Yes. I was trying to think of trust in today's world and thinking about how when we're confronted with information that confirms a belief we already have or like we're already sort of primed to believe something, then we're much more likely to accept it and much less likely to think critically of it. And that's so true with Willow because she has this good positive relationship with technology and computers. This is a space where she feels really comfortable and in her element. And same with Dave and Fritz, I think. These are all people who are into computers to begin with. So sort of that confirmation bias that might be playing a role in influencing their willingness to be taken by Moloch. Not taken physically, but like emotionally. Yeah. So that was that was really interesting. I was really sort of caught up on a little bit Willow and Buffy's interactions in this episode. And I kind of felt for Willow when she made that comment to Buffy about guys not running after her. And she didn't really trust Buffy when Buffy was warning her about him and maybe that was less of a trust issue but she was a little less willing to maybe fully listen to all the things Buffy was saying I think in part because to her Buffy was coming from a really different place and she maybe did feel like Buffy didn't want this good thing for her yeah and so I think there was a little bit of resentment in there yeah definitely that is interesting because I just sort of made that comment about confirmation bias or like she was already primed to trust Moloch to begin with but You could also say she should have been primed to trust Buffy, too. You know, like Buffy's intuitions have always been correct in the past. And so if Buffy is saying she should be careful, then Willow should probably be careful. So it's it's interesting that maybe the resentment was overshadowing the potential for trust. I think maybe it's not so much that she doesn't trust Buffy. I think it's maybe that she doesn't trust her intentions. Buffy's intentions? Yeah. Yeah. Like that Willow doesn't trust Buffy's intentions because... I think she's getting messed with in the head a little bit by this demon. So, Madeline, anything you noticed that you want to talk about? Yes, Keita. (laughs) I really admired Buffy's willingness to be honest with Willow when when Buffy thought that Willow was maybe jumping too much into this relationship with Moloch or Malcolm. And, you know, she's kind of calling Willow out when she comes in late to school and she's like, that's not like you. And 
I don't know, it kind of felt like, wow, Buffy is pretty trusting of, of the stability of her friendship with Willow enough to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I wasn't sure that I loved exactly how she went about it, but I think from the very beginning, she noticed that Willow wasn't acting normally. Yeah, I wondered if you thought, was that a loving way to approach Willow or should she have been more supportive and maybe more empowering to help Willow come to her own conclusions? Yeah, those are sort of my thoughts. I would have liked to see her be a little bit more empathetic. I also don't think it was a way in which Willow was going to receive it well. Yeah. I think something that does feel good about the interaction is that Buffy isn't saying, hey, I don't think you should talk to Malcolm, but she is pointing out that Willow's doing things that aren't like herself. Right, like she skipping is. school. That's so unlike her, yeah. And then lying about why she skipped school. She's noticing patterns of behavior that are really different and she's yeah. pointing them out. Right. I do wonder if, like, I wonder if I should be critiquing Buffy's tone, you know, but I do think, I think there was a little bit of room for a little bit more empathy. Yeah. I think the tone was a little suspicious because, you know, she was watching her friend act like a different person. We just saw with the hyena thing that happened not very long ago for Buffy either. So when you're seeing your friend act differently yeah. out of nowhere and all of a sudden there's this, there's this new guy, Malcolm, in the picture. I get the suspicion too, you know? Yeah. So suspicion kind of feels like the antithesis to trust, right? Is that a lack of trust in the relationship or no, a lack of trust No, I think in she's Willow? trusting the relationship. I think she's suspicious about this new guy, Malcolm. Yeah. And like the influence he might be having. If she didn't, you know, if she wasn't so trusting in the friendship or in Willow, like if she didn't know Willow so well, then she probably wouldn't be as suspicious because like you have to know a person well to know when they're changing their behavior. <laughs> well, she like she doesn't trust Malcolm. Yeah, she and just Willow, doesn't trust and Malcolm. Willow does, and, and Willow I think, does. I think that's pretty valid. Like, why would Buffy? Like, Buffy hasn't had any interactions with Malcolm. Why would she? If my friend using the technology that was available in the '90s was so into a guy the way Willow was into Malcolm, then like a week she's like super head over heels. I think right. I like I won't trust him. He's only targeting people who are really close with technology to begin with. So, like for example, I'm wondering why he's. Use, he's thinking, okay, we have to harm Buffy rather than him thinking, okay, I'm going to seduce Buffy like I'm seducing all these other people. And I wonder if we can tie that back to trust because like we said at the beginning, Willow and Fritz and Dave were already primed to have this trust in technology while Buffy isn't. And maybe that's why he's not able to seduce her. Like there has to be this like priming stage that has to already exist. Right. It also raises the question why he doesn't target Miss Calendar, I wonder. Oh, yeah. How did Miss Calendar not handy plot device or is there more? Maybe there is more. Maybe um Miss Calendar, because she was so in tune to the portents and like she already knew there was a demon in the internet. So she would have been so pagan. Yeah. So she she might have been primed to disbelieve. Can we take a minute to celebrate that? Giles trusted Buffy this time? Yes! Wait, yeah, can you walk me through... Sure, they're in the library, and Buffy is coming to Giles with very similar claims from the pack episode. You know, like, Giles, people are being weird, and Willow's being weird, and there's something wrong. And she says, Giles, you have to trust me. Actually, what he does is be helpless and whine about how he doesn't know what to do. But he <laughs> believed her that something was wrong. That is, yes, Giles. Yeah, very happy about that. And they, you know, started looking into things pretty quickly. So yeah. anything else for you, Madeline? Emotionally, 
Willow and Dave and Fritz felt comfortable with computers. <laughs> like I know I keep saying this, but I think that is what allowed Moloch to get in their heads. I'm thinking about connecting it to, you know, broader society about how, you know, emotions play such a big role in shaping how we interpret the news or stuff like that. And even when facts present themselves, sometimes people don't pay attention to them because they have they have these emotions and convictions that carry more weight than the than facts, which is counterintuitive. You know, objectively, you might think, oh, facts people would pay attention to facts more than emotions because like facts are facts but <laughs> yeah. but that's just not what happens and we, we kind of see that in this episode when the emotions of the characters are shaping how they are trusting in technology or each other an example that comes to mind that's sort of a classic example is like the anti-vaxxers fear is a huge emotion that that exploits and people's fears for their children and this idea that vaccines cause autism that's like not based in facts and then despite ample evidence over and over again demonstrating that that's not the case still people's convictions and beliefs that are shaped by these emotions like fear are determining what sources they trust and what they distrust. So even sometimes facts, they're going to be like, I don't trust that. Well, I think distrust is also, there's trust, but there's also distrust specifically, right? Like not only do they not trust sources that would talk about why vaccines are really important, but they actively distrust them. So that's the kind of the confirmation bias again. It's like, okay, people. <laughs> <laughs> a quick Google search revealed the actual definition of confirmation bias, which is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories, which is like pretty much what we're talking about. <laughs> I guess a good question that we can ask ourselves is how could Buffy have better approached Willow about her feelings, her uh, anxieties toward her relationship with Malcolm? I'm thinking, OK, maybe how could people better approach anti-vaxxers yeah. in a way that doesn't further polarize like the way that right. Buffy approached Willow kind of pushed Willow further away right like how do you look at someone's trust where they put their trust and going off of that speak to them in a way that they're gonna hear right how do you do that I don't <laughs> know well I think in the case of Willow and Moloch, Malcolm it kind of was I think the way was to have not attacked Malcolm you know, ah. I think the way was to have not maybe call out Willow because that's kind of what she was doing. And I wonder if what Willow needed to hear was, well, it was something else. Yeah, I think what I think would have been more effective for Buffy would have been maybe more of a check in with Willow. Like, Willow, this is different for you. Like, are you feeling OK? Maybe try to center it more around a concerned perspective rather than accusatory and I wonder if we can take our own advice a little bit and and maybe try to ask you know when people have um, opinions or convictions that are really far away from how we might feel you know is there a way that we can approach them in a less accusatory more loving way that might be actually more effective yeah I agree so one thing that what you were talking about earlier made me think of was in terms of, you know, what people want to trust and stuff and what people distrust. I was kind of thinking about Giles and technology and Giles super distrusts technology. And I don't think that made him less inclined to believe that there was a problem 
and it didn't blind him from the fact that the problem was in the technology. But because he was so distrustful of technology and because he's so unwilling to engage with it, he was helpless. Giles could do absolutely nothing for Buffy except tell her what needed to happen to get rid of Moloch and then he couldn't do it. They absolutely needed Mrs. Calendar and she was fucking awesome. So that was great. It's good that he didn't know because otherwise we like wouldn't have gotten to meet her. But his distrust for technology and his absolute refusal to interact with it made it so that Buffy could have been in a really tough spot. All of them could have. True. And I'm also realizing and wondering in the same way that when you are trusting of something, like the way the Willow was trusting of technology kind of primed her to have that relationship with Moloch. If the same, the inverse could be true for Giles in that he was more likely to trust Buffy when he was, when she was distrustful of technology because he was, yeah, he, it aligned with what he thought. He was already primed to be distrustful of it. So maybe it had less to do with him trusting Buffy and more to do with him actively distrusting technology. Ooh. Anywho, yeah, Miss Calendar's cool. Madeline, was there anything you really liked in this episode? Yes. Great. I mean, no surprise here. Loved Miss Calendar. I loved that she was an advocate for technology in this episode. This episode was really rooted in the dangers of technology and how technology can fool and trick and corrupt. But um, we also know that technology has brought a lot of good, including making information a lot more accessible to lots of people. That was a super cool point that she highlighted. I loved how she really called Giles out on being a white man. She said it. You know, we know now that technology has created all sorts of other problems that probably would be antithetical to what she believes in. But she really sees the Internet as something that will make it accessible to everyone. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the role she played as a STEM woman. Woman in STEM. (laughs) Kato, what else did you like about the episode? I, as always, was so thrilled with Willow and her. She sort of, she did the thing that she kind of often does, which is she maybe made a couple mistakes in the beginning of the episode, maybe wasn't sure what was going on. But in the end, she figured out what was up and she stood up for herself. She called Malcolm Moloch out and she was so brave. She watched him kill someone right next to her. And then she said he had lied to her and she could have just gone along with what he said. But instead, she spoke her truth. I kind of half disagree with you. Oh, great. Yeah. So I... Friction. Friction. Ooh, how will they handle the conflict? <laughs> will the podcast break up? <laughs> will they stay friends? <laughs> um, so I enjoyed the experience of watching Willow be mad, but it kind of showed some of her impulsive tendencies. Her anger wasn't was dangerous. It like put she her was in gonna danger. Die. He he only like decided to kill her after she said that she, you know, didn't want basically anything to do with him. And if she had played her role, he wouldn't have tried to kill her, I don't think. Like he wanted her to join him. And so like, yeah, it was cool that she stood up for herself and like that's I love, you know, love that. But it wasn't actually a very good idea. Like You're so right. Yeah. Like, I want Willow to live, you know? Yeah. I was thinking in the moment, I was like, well, I would have played along, but that's cool for you, Willow. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> Buffy isn't even there and yeah. you're doing this thing. But now that you, I mean, she also, she didn't know Buffy was coming at all. She didn't know Buffy was coming. She was about to die. Yeah. She was really, yeah, she was accepting of death in a way. Maybe she hadn't thought about it, but that's, I mean, that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I did really like, she's hitting him with a fire hydrant, which is pretty clever because he's metal and Buffy just tried to punch him and that didn't work super well. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
So I I did enjoy that. And I liked how she said, I think it's time for us to break up, but maybe we can still be friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> I think it was like a couple. I think it was just one step away from saying that she would, you know, always be there if he needed anything. <laughs> anything else that sparked joy in your heart? The other thing I just loved about Miss Calendar is how she was a lot of different things at once. I yeah. like the complexity of her character. Right. She's just breaking through all these stereotypes. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. She's a woman in STEM and she's a techno pagan and she wears corkscrews from mysterious places. Let us know where you think she. No, don't actually do that. Never mind. <laughs> Kate and I will just privately wonder (laughs) where she dangles the corkscrew. (laughs) Madeline, anything you didn't love about the episode? Yeah. Okay. Moloch, he had the potential to do so much shit, like so much bad shit. Like he could have wreaked havoc out the wazoo. And instead, he just tries to seduce a few high schoolers. He was living on the internet. Like you have access to literally so many things. I was disappointed in his imagination. I love that. Yes, you're so right. Because what he did was he changed a student's record so that the student didn't show up that they were allergic to penicillin. Yeah. And like in three seconds, Buffy and Giles came up with like seven things they could have done, you know, destroyed the economy, fuck up all the traffic signals. Nukes. Nukes. Yeah. Topped it off with the nuclear weapons. Right. So- I was just like, come on, Moloch. Pretty <laughs> weak demon. Weak demon. Yeah. yeah. Think bigger. What about you? What did, did you dislike anything or did you like everything about it? I, on this episode, was really just missing Aval, witty Xander comments. We only got one. <laughs> Which one? He was trying to get Willow to come to the bronze. He was like, hey, I'm planning on being witty night. I'm going to make fun of everybody who won't talk to me. <laughs> which was a moment in which I connected with him deeply. <laughs> Cordelia wasn't there where was Cordelia when all of this was going on don't know I missed her too the episode could have used a little pizzazz and I think Cordelia would have brought that if this episode were like a dish it would be mashed potatoes and maybe broccoli with no seasoning on it yeah yeah but except broccoli is good for you I think mashed potatoes I'll just stick with your mashed potatoes but I will say this wasn't an episode I loved very much but just talking through it with you like even though there wasn't a lot there to begin with it feels like we created connections and stuff that I didn't see the first couple times I watched it it sort of goes to show that even if an episode does feel kind of flat or even if some material does feel sort of flavorless you can still generate meaning from it you know yeah so Madeline is there any anything you'd like to offer to these characters any advice maybe humbly given I just have to tell Giles to lighten up Miss Calendar was delivering with the flirtatious banter over and over and over again. And Giles, he was just a brick wall. I just want to remind him like, hey, you're, you know, you're good looking. You're single, you know, open your mind to the possibilities that are in front of you. Um, What about you, Keita? Any advice? So my advice is to the Italian whatever the heck who summoned Moloch and put him in the book again and was like, hopefully no one will ever read this book again. (laughs) And then just put the book in a box. 
like burn that shit burn that shit put a note on the book put a post-it on that say hey don't read this there's a demon inside like come on he was like hopefully no one will read this shit (laughs) have you seen how curious people are adam and eve come on (laughs) they just had to have been a way to make people not read this again and i really think he did the utmost least (laughs) to do anything to ensure that Thank you so much for listening to That Slayer Show. Please do leave reviews if you listened and enjoyed. And remember to share with friends. Yeah, send it, send it to a friend, fellow Buffy lover. Or someone you don't like at all. Someone you hate. Follow us on Instagram at That Slayer Show. Our cover art was created by the amazing, talented Holly Colvin. And this podcast was inspired by Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. You will hear us next week with episode nine, whose title I don't know. And whose theme we have not talked about yet. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.